You know, one of the things that's important to me um, is I'm here to worship. And, and I know you are too. And, and sometimes if we're not careful, we can go through the motions but not meet the Master. And um, uh, thank you, Megan, all of you, because I, you know, I pray. I said, God, help me worship. Help me remember. Because I worry about, you know, am I going to get my words all twisted up and all that stuff? And I mean, that's important. But God, I want you to be the real audience. I want you to be the one that we really look to. And um, So thank you thus far, everyone that's participated. And I pray that we're able to continue to put our focus on Him who's come, who loves us. You know, in Sunday school we talked about sin. I remember one statement was made where they were asking the little boy uh, what he had learned about the sermon about sin. He said, God's against it. And, and we know that. But isn't it exciting, and as Lori shared, the other side of it, we have a God who is for us. And, and that's what the story is all about. Christmas. <laughs> a Savior who came. A God who sent Him. And we who have received. And, and of course, it comes back to Christ this morning as we share. Um, I've, I've got a message this morning. I've been looking at the problems that we face. And I just couldn't, I couldn't scrunch everything on anger into one message. So we're going to look at anger again, and this time unjustified anger. Those times where, guys, it's just not right. Those are things we get angry over. And this is one of those kind of messages. It's easy as you look around you. You know, the person next to you, you almost want to nudge them and say, man, you need to hear this. Or, you know, you think, there's somebody that's not here today, really needs to be here. Because they need to hear this. they, they got a problem with anger. But, well, the truth of the matter is, we all have a problem with anger to some degree. So as we look at the Scriptures, and we're going to be looking at different ones, we're going to look at three areas of unjustified anger. And then we're going to look at ways that God can help us to not be bogged down in anger. Um, but for a Scripture reading, I'm going to ask you, we're going to just look at one proverb as our Scripture reading. Proverbs 29.11. And ask you to stand in His honor when you find that as I read aloud from God's Word. A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. Let's pray. Lord, uh, thank You for bringing us together this morning. Father, we believe that what happens is not by accident, no, you're, you're behind it. And thank you that you've assembled us. And Father, thank you that we've been allowed to sing to you, to give to you, to pray to you. And Father, we want to continue as we look at your word. We want to hear from you. And Father, just change us, Lord, that we might be like Jesus. Father, that's the heart. And uh, just, uh, just work. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, jumping right in here. First type of anger is anger that springs from wrong motive. Why are you angry? That's a question. Why are you angry? What's the reason behind it? What's the intent behind it? Where does it spring from? You know, I thought of King David. Uh, you know, there was a time where they were getting ready to take on Goliath. And David shows up and his brothers... He's all mad. He's all upset. What are you doing here, David? You're, you know, you're, you're the guy that's out there with the sheep. You're not supposed to be here. You're not a warrior. And there was a sibling rivalry. You know, sometimes brothers don't get along. Sometimes they pick on each other. And if you 
you've been a brother, you grew up with siblings, the sibling stuff goes on, always has. Or, or you think about Saul the king, and he had this jealousy. As I said, the people were singing in the streets. They were saying that Saul has slain his thousands, but David's his tens of thousands. And, and so it said he was angry, he was furious over this. You know, you, you check, what's the motive there? What's behind that? But I want to look at a familiar account that's one of the most beautiful accounts. Uh, it's in Luke 15. We call it the parable of the prodigal son or the parable of the lost son. And, and I want to make mention of one of uh, those in the account, the older brother. And, and starting at verse 25 to the end of chapter 15 of Luke, uh, we encounter him. You guys know the account. This younger brother, he took off with his part of the inheritance. And he squandered it all a wild living but then he came home, and the father welcomed him with open arms, but not the big brother. That's what we're going to look at here. Let's start at verse 25. It says, Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. Look at the response here. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. And I was a good kid, Dad. (laughs) Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. A couple of things here. Number one, he doesn't say, when my brother came home, this son of yours. See the big disconnect there as the anger. And then you see the worst. How does he know that his brother squandered the money on prostitutes? He doesn't know yet. He just came home. What's happened? He's thinking the worst about his brother. Why? He's mad. And so he begins to see things he doesn't even know yet. And that happens when we lose our temper. We begin to have this negative view that that ever comes. And and there was this jealousy as he feels like his younger brother is getting what rightfully belongs to him. Uh, Years ago, when Margaret Thatcher was prime minister of England, there was a story that her husband, Dennis, a reporter came to him and was trying to see... If there might be any jealousy, you know, with a wife that was famous and got all this attention. And so this reporter followed Dennis Thatcher around. And he finally came up to him and he said, Sir, he said, do you love your wife? He said, oh, yeah, I do. She's wonderful. He says, "Um, I just got one question to ask you. He goes, yeah. He says, who wears the pants in your house? And Dennis Thatcher said, well, I wear the pants, but I wash and iron them too. <laughs> it's, here was a guy that had the right spirit. And you know, that, that's a real sign of maturity. When someone else gets a promotion or, or, or someone else is noticed besides you, it's, it's easy to, to well up with, with jealousy. But it's really mature when, when, when you're able to applaud the one and celebrate with the one who gets the promotion. That makes a difference. Uh, in Daniel chapter 3, we read about King Nebuchadnezzar. 
And of course, in that section of Scripture, um, it talks about that there's this huge image, 90 feet high by 9 feet wide, that was set up. It was this image of the king, and, and there was this command. Everybody had to bow down and to worship the image of King Nebuchadnezzar. And, and there was this great ritual, this great assembly to, to worship. But in verse 12, uh, the news had come that there were some Jews who were not going to worship that image, but their worship was to God. In verse 12 we read, there are some Jews whom you've set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, O king. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you've set up. Look at verse 13. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. <laughs> what happened? His pride was offended and he became furious. Um, what's, what's the motive? You know, jealousy? Is it pride? If you can stop and ask yourself, why am I so mad? What is it that's got me going? And, and hopefully, if you can catch that early enough, maybe you're able to dodge that bullet. You know, as the proverb that we read, a fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. And second reason, let's move on here. Um, another reason is when things don't go your way. It's my way or the highway, you know that old saying. An example of this um, is in the book of Jonah. We actually looked at this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about depression. But in the book of Jonah, um, we discover it's just a crazy story. God sends out this evangelist to go to a city of a half a million people. And these people were mean, hard-hearted, had no room in their lives for God. But yet God sent Jonah to preach to them, to repent, to turn to Him. You know, it made me think of uh, Acts 3.19. It says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. But the truth about Jonah, he didn't want their sins wiped out. He wanted them wiped out. He didn't like those guys. He didn't like that city, those people. And he wanted them wiped out. So he goes, God sends him. You guys know the story. I won't spend a whole lot of time on it. Swallowed by this big fish. Ends up on the shore with uh, the fish stomach juice on him. And, you know, he, he's, he's preaching. He's walking around for three days. Repent, repent, repent. Man, he's letting it go because he's mad at them. And what happens? They repented. And there was this incredible revival. The whole city turns to the Lord. Man, that should be the time to, to, to have the biggest party in the world with God at work. Man, if you're an evangelist, what could be sweeter than that? But what's he do? He goes up on this hill and he begins to pout. God, I knew you were compassionate. I knew that if I started preaching, repent, they would repent. And you did it. God, why did you do it? You know, I'm, oh my goodness. Pout party. Ugh. He's sitting up there. There's this heat. God grows this vine to shade him while he's pouting. And you remember that whole story as it talks about in Jonah chapter 4. He sends this worm to eat up the plant. You know, the worm with teeth. And he's eating away. And I can just see Jonah, it doesn't talk about it, trying to swat that thing. And God gave his heavenly protection to that little worm. You know, until he's able to chew through the plant. 
and, 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 and there's this feeling of just grumpiness because he didn't get his way. And yet, sometimes I'm that way and so are you. It just doesn't go right. And you're mad about it. Nobody loves me. I didn't get my way. Pow, pow, pow. Um, and, and that happens to us. That attitude, sometimes it starts out and becomes like a locomotive. It just goes ahead full speed. Think about a, you've had a hard week and you decided that you're going to go out with, um, say you're going to go out with somebody's specialty and you go to a restaurant. And so you, you call ahead to get this reservation. And then you show up and there's this long line. And they're not able to honor the reservation. And you're standing in line and you're thinking, I hate line. This is stupid. Thinking, this is driving me nuts. I called ahead. They, they shouldn't be doing this to me. And then finally, so then finally you get in there and you sit down. So then what happens? It's taking forever for them to bring me my food. I can't believe this. And then what happens? This place is loud. I can't even hear anybody. I can't hear the person I'm trying to talk to. I, why am I? I can't believe this. And it just seems to go downhill. You know that, that I didn't get my way, and 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 then you get angrier, and 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 it just falls apart. And uh, you know you get grumpy. And, and, and let me tell you something. I, um, I, I listened to this piece on Rick Warren this morning, and he's rewritten and, and uh, adapted his book that sold so many books, The Purpose Driven Life. A couple things he said that I just think is amazing. One thing he said. Um, the great commandment plus the great commission equals a great church. I love that. Another saying he has that struck me, I've never forgotten, is our biggest problem is twofold. We don't take God seriously enough and we take ourselves too seriously. And let me tell you something. You don't get your way. Lighten up. Just lighten up. It'll be okay. We get so serious. Don't we? I'm going to read just a couple of things here. Uh, you've probably seen this email, but I thought it was pretty funny. Maybe this will help you lighten up. Sometimes humor is a good thing, right? Um, having a bad day in a hospital's intensive care unit, patients always died in the same bed on Sunday morning around 11 a.m., regardless of their medical condition. This puzzled the doctors, and some even thought it had something to do with the supernatural. No one could solve the mystery as to why the deaths occurred around 11 a.m., on Sunday. So a worldwide team of experts assembled to investigate the cause of the incidents. The next Sunday morning, a few minutes before 11 a.m., all the doctors and nurses nervously waited outside the ward to see for themselves what the terrible phenomenon was all about. Some were holding wooden crosses, prayer books, and other holy objects to ward off evil spirits. But when the clock turned 11, Pookie Johnson, the part-time Sunday sweeper, entered the ward and unplugged the life support system so he could use the vacuum cleaner. Having a bad day. He goes on, he says, The average cost of rehabilitating a seal after the Exxon Valdez oil spill in Alaska was 80000 At a special ceremony, two of the most expensively saved animals were being released back into the wild amid cheers and applause from onlookers. A minute later, in full view, a killer whale ate them both. Still having a bad day. Uh, a woman came home to find her husband in the kitchen shaking frantically, almost dancing in a frenzy with some kind of wire running from his waist towards the electric kettle. Intending to jolt him away from the deadly current, she whacked him with a handy plank of wood, breaking his arms in two places. Up to that moment, he had simply been listening to his walkman. 
Still think you're having a bad day. He says, two animal rights defenders were protesting the cruelty of sending pigs to a slaughterhouse in Bonn, Germany. Suddenly, all 2,000 pigs broke loose and escaped through a broken fence, stampeding madly. The two helpless protesters were trampled to death. <laughs> Still having a bad day? Iraqi terrorist K. Ranajet didn't pay enough postage on a letter bomb. It came back with return to sender stamped on it. Forgetting it was the bomb, he opened it and was blown to bits. Feeling better? All right. Third one here. Uh, third unjustified anger reason. When anger comes, when we react too quickly without investigating the facts. It's sin. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 8. 8 through 10. The end of the matter is better than its beginning, and patience is better than pride. Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger resides in the lap of fools. Do not say, why were the old days better than these? For it is not wise to ask such questions. Um, try not to be too eager to get angry. We live in a, a crazy culture. Most of us are running too many places and a lot of times going nowhere. And sometimes the wise thing to do is just slow down. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I'm God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. Sometimes we need to cut off the TV or the music. How long has it been since you actually sat somewhere quiet? It's really easy to almost feel like you have to have noise, isn't it? Why? We need to learn to listen. To be able to sit where it's still and to hear God and, and, and to, uh, to, to be a comfort there, guys. Um, a couple of verses here. Proverbs fourteen sixteen and 17. The wise fear the Lord and shun evil, but a fool is hot-headed and yet feels secure. A quick-tempered person does foolish things and the one who devises evil schemes is hated. It's careless uh, to let anger go unchecked. The Bible calls us a fool to do such things. All right, in the time I got remaining, uh, just a couple of minutes, some practical advice on dealing with unjustified anger to keep us from falling prey to it. Uh, Number one, learn to ignore petty disagreements. Proverbs 17, 9. Um, There, let me share. He who covers over an offense promotes love, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Sometimes you can be all right and all wrong. Sometimes the best thing to do is just let it go, cover over the offense, and not bring it back. You know the saying of, you know, my wife gets mad, she doesn't get hysterical, she gets historical. You know that that is not a good thing. Down in verse 13 and 14 of chapter 17. If a man pays back evil for good, evil will never leave his house. Starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam. (laughs) Drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. Secondly, refrain from close association with anger-prone people. Proverbs 22, 24. 
Do not make friends with a hot-tempered man. Do not associate with one easily angered. For you may learn his ways and get yourself ensnared. Proverbs 13.20 says, He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. You are affected by the people you hang around. If you hang around the people who have a problem with lust, then guess what? You end up with a problem with lust. Hang around people who are hot-headed, um, you end up with temper issues. You hang around with negative people, you end up being negative, even if that's not your natural disposition. And so there is value in uh, keeping good company. Yeah, there's a great parable about a, a fly. He's buzzing around. And there's this spider. has got this clean, beautiful web. The spider says, Mr. Fly, why don't you come and sit a while? We have a good talk. See, he's a pretty smart fly. So he says, Mr. Spider, I'm not stupid. And you're a spider, I'm a fly. He says, I'm not going to go down there and get stuck in your web. Man. Well, have a good day. But he looked down and he saw all these flies dancing. Woohoo! On brown paper. And he thought, well, there can't be that many flies down there dancing and it not be a safe place to have a good time. And so he's getting ready to land on the brown paper when this bee buzzes by. And he says, Hey, stupid, don't go down there. It's fly paper. You'll get stuck. And he goes, No way, look at them all dancing. Woo-woo. And so he goes down there and gets stuck on the paper. <laughs> just because everybody's doing it, just because there's a crowd doing it, doesn't mean it's right. Doesn't mean it's safe. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Um, keep close check on your tongue. Uh, Proverbs 15.1 A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. But remember, when your mind goes in neutral, your tongue often goes in gear. Not safe. Not safe. Uh, and last one here. Cultivate honesty and communication without, without letting anger build up. Proverbs 28.23 he who rebukes a man will in the end gain more favor than he who has a flattering tongue. You know, I think back to a couple of people who made me mad because they said something I didn't like. But you know what? After I got to know them a little while, I had to admit they were right. And then something happened. I begin to really respect them. Why? Because um, there is value in someone able to be honest with you and tell you the truth. Now, that's not something you want to do in public. You don't want to shout it from the pulpit. Hey, let me tell you about this person. Woo, woo. No, no, don't do that. It's something you do in private. It's something you do because you care about somebody. You pull them aside privately and say, I'm concerned about this in your life. Can I talk to you? That's difficult. But guys, that's love, you see. Uh, Proverbs 27, 4 through 6. Anger is cruel and fury overwhelming, but who can stand before jealousy? Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Sometimes we're big on doctrine, but small on application.
people are looking for the real thing. God calls us to be that. Uh, makes all the difference. All right. Um, I'm at the end here. Basically, there's two reasons for unchecked anger. Either you don't have God in your life. You're interested in God, but He doesn't live in you. The Bible tells us that we are dead in our sins and that we need a Savior to to breathe life into us. It's not that we're sick, guys. We're dead. We have to be given life. It's not just resuscitation. We need resurrection. Maybe you got this anger you can't get rid of and, and you need the resurrection power of Jesus Christ to become a new person, the Bible says. Or secondly, you do belong to God, but you're choosing to listen to the sinful nature instead of the Spirit of God within you. Either way, a life of sin just crushes people. Like the um, illustration I used last week about the the little girl who heard about this person that was always being mean and rude. and, And when she heard that this person had colitis, and she said, well, who's she been colliding with now? And uh, that's not God's way. So I'm at the end. <laughs> We're going to have a word of prayer and, and just an invitation. God's resurrection life's available. He loves you. He may be against sin, but He's even more for you. And that's why Jesus died upon the cross to provide that. And, and so we always, we'd be amiss if we didn't say as we have a time to respond. Receive the gift He offers. <laughs> Just say, God, I need You. Enter my life. Forgive me. And guess what? He will. Secondly, if, if and you're just controlled by anger and, and you're not listening to the voice of God, but you know that you are born from above, you're saved. Um, come to grips with God. Be honest. Say, God, give me that fresh new start. Let's pray. Lord, uh, here we are. Father, this is certainly not a message for the person sitting next to us or the person not here who should be. It's for me. And I pray, Lord, as we respond to you, may we say yes. Bring us to the altar to pray, if you lead. Bring us to the front to make a decision that we need to make. Father, your word says that Lord, there was enmity. There was bad blood between us and you because of sin. But Jesus Christ paid that price. He took upon Himself what we deserved. And by receiving His work of eternal life at the cross, we too can join you and be free and your anger be taken away. It even cause us objects for wrath that no more cause of Jesus. Lord, that message of Jesus, that's what we want to go out today. And I pray that you bring forward who needs to be here. Maybe one just needs to follow you, Father, to, to be identified with Christ. That's what baptism's about. It's saying, I want to be identified with Jesus, and I want to take that step. Father, we just want you to be at work in this time. May we stand, may we sing, may we come as you call. In your name we pray. Amen.